podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast, the show where we talk all of the latest news, gossip and events in the world of Formula One and we relay that back to you for your listening or viewing pleasure, depending of course on which platform you choose to follow us on. And guys, just a fair warning of course, bear with me on this one because as well as the crazy race that we experienced for a plethora of reasons, um, I managed to just about catch it because I was a little bit behind on the broadcast, but because of the red flags that I was able to catch up, because I've just got back from a weekend in Newcastle, so I'm a little bit tired and um, a little bit wavy at the moment, but other than that, all good and ready to get into a race review. And what a Grand Prix it was um, for a myriad of reasons, so much going on, so much controversy, so many incidents, but one constant that did remain was Lewis Hamilton winning the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the inaugural Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, as Lewis uh, Lewis Hamilton, I should say, so often wins at brand new circuits, and today was no different. However, it was oh so strange and oh so controversial. Another incident, or another few incidents actually, to talk about between him and Max Verstappen, his championship rival. Of course, the championship now hangs in the balance going into the final Grand Prix of the season in Abu Dhabi, which of course we will be previewing later on in the week. But the one headline to take from all of this is that both Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are now tied on points. We actually have the situation, the scenario, the championship finale battle that we all wanted, a one-race shootout between the two championship protagonists. But of course, we will worry about that in a few days' time when we preview the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. We're going to focus on the review for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And joining me on this episode, a familiar face and friend of the podcast, it's my brother from the 1892 Reds podcast, it's Luke Burns. Luke, first of all, how are you doing this evening? And uh, thanks for coming on the show once again. That's oh, all right. Thanks for letting me come on, Adam. Um, I mean, what a race. I mean, as we said before, like, you know, the, this season just never fails to amaze people. It's, um, you know, another another race with a lot of controversy, a lot of action. Um, and yeah, obviously, we're going to get stuck into it. Obviously, we're going into the final race, potentially, with both drivers' level points, considering, obviously, with the appeal or the steward's inquiry, I should say. But um, yeah, I mean, another good spectacle. We look forward to next week's of the finale. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things to look at um, regarding the stewards, um, based on what we saw at this Grand Prix, of course. There's a few incidents that we'll talk about regarding Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, which, of course, the stewards may decide to take a view on or may decide to... uh, add some retrospective or you know take a retrospective look and add some further punishment where they feel is necessary hopefully that's not the case for either party I think we're kind of in a nice situation right now with both drivers where they're both level on points of course we should mention that if neither driver scores any points or 
I think that's the only scenario, actually, where both drivers can be matched in terms of the points result, where neither of them score points. Max Verstappen will be the world champion based on countback, owing to the fact that he has won more races than Lewis Hamilton. There's no scenario now where they can actually be level on race wins or stuff like that. There is. I think there's one. There no, there is one. No, there, well, there would have. I think, well, for humour purposes, why don't uh, you uh, let me know what it is you think could happen? So it's it's very unlikely it will happen, but as you said, like both drivers fail to score points. But if Max finishes ninth <laughs> and Lewis finishes tenth with the fastest lap point, that's one scenario. Or the other way around, Max could finish tenth with the fastest lap point and Lewis ninth. I mean, it's very unlikely, but that's probably the only other solution compared to not scoring points. But yeah. I stand corrected. Then clearly, um, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. I've already had. It's, it, as I said, it's been it's been a long weekend and a long day, so I'm obviously not feeling a hundred percent. Still, um, yeah, we'll just have to take it take it for what it is, and we'll just move on with that one. But no, absolutely right, actually. So yes, that is those are the scenarios where they could finish level on points at the end of the season and score points at the next race. Um, but either way, Max Verstappen will be world champion if both he and Lewis Hamilton finish on the same number of points after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix next week. So for those of you out there trying to figure out the permutations, it's basically simple. Whoever gets the best result becomes world champion. And that's the only right way to look at it in the end. Anyway, look, let's get into the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And there's just so much to unpack from this. Of course, Lewis Hamilton winning the Grand Prix ahead of Max Verstappen. The two title rivals almost inevitably coming together on quite a few occasions this weekend. In qualifying, of course, we saw Lewis and Valtteri getting ahead of Max Verstappen on the final run. We saw that incredible lap from Max Verstappen. It looked for all the world it was going to be one of the greatest qualifying laps that we'd ever seen from any driver out there. Unfortunately for Max, he ended up putting it into the wall at the final corner, which cost him, you know, so... Uh, you know, there's a lot to pick from that one. But of course, we'll get into the race itself. And at the very start of the race, of course, we had the two Mercedes guys on the front row ahead of Max Verstappen. And unlike what we saw in Mexico, the two Mercedes drivers put, pulled away very nicely. It wasn't the longest run down to turn one, which obviously helped them. But they were very much in formation. There was no confusion between the two. And they managed to keep Max Verstappen behind. And, and that's how it panned out for a while until... A safety car was caused, I think it was around, what was it, lap 15 or something like that, where Mick Schumacher, it might have been a little bit earlier than that, but Mick Schumacher in the house, putting it into the wall at the exit of turn 21, losing the rear end of the car, as Charles Leclerc did actually earlier uh, at the weekend in free practice. And then, of course, that caused the safety car, which forced the two Mercedes drivers into pit. And Red Bull Max Verstappen decided not to respond. And Red Bull were fortunate in making the right decision because it ended up resulting in a red flag which put Max Verstappen ahead of both the Mercedes drivers and allowed him to have a free pit stop as well. Um, one thing I think we should unpick from this because this kind of sets the tone for what we're going to be discussing this weekend in terms of the tactics between both sets of drivers and the teams themselves. Um, more of the dirty tactics, I think, that's been referred to a lot. Um, there was one incident where... Valtteri Bottas was holding Max Verstappen up quite a lot during the safety car because he wanted to not only give himself and the team plenty of time to do the double stack with both cars, but clearly he was trying to protect his teammate. It didn't work. Um, what did you make of that, Luke? Were you happy? Do you think that was all fair game? Or do you think that Valtteri Bottas uh, should have been penalised for that incident uh, of holding Max Verstappen up unnecessarily? 
this is going to sound quite bizarre and quite strange, but I think Valtteri Bottas made himself look like a bit of a hypocrite there because he said, um, I believe it was Lewis's 100th win in Portimao. And I believe it was Bottas. He came out and said about um, the leaders shouldn't be holding up people like that. Um, it's going to cause an accident, you know, under the safety car and then all that. And he's pretty much done the same thing today. He's actually held up Verstappen purely and simply for his teammate because he wanted Lewis to be in front of Max. Um, it didn't work. And I feel that Valtteri should have actually been penalised, to be honest, because he put other drivers at risk of a potential crash later on in the in in the race, you know, and it, I just I I mean I felt the you know the tactic as you said dirty tactics is definitely you can see it from both teams, not just that instant from Mercedes, but Red Bull have obviously done it as well, and I think you're going to expect it at this point in the season. I mean, it's just they're trying everything that they can do to actually stop the other team scoring as many points as possible. And obviously, in the end of it, it didn't work for Bottas, but I, I think he should have been penalised for it because he clearly is isn't well shouldn't be allowed to do it. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, as I said to you, I I, I do I generally think that Bottas maybe should have been given some sort of time penalty or something, maybe for that situation, but you know, it didn't happen, and obviously they had to move on from it. Well, this has been kind of the thing because one of the themes that we've seen often this season that's come up if the stewards not necessarily being inconsistent i mean because that has been a problem it's it's mostly because the stewards themselves they seem to take a, a varying view of when to get involved and when not to get involved and who to get involved with i mean they've made quite a huge point over trying to not get involved in the championship battle between max verstappen and lewis hamilton and more often than not when they take that stance it tends to bite them in the arse, for lack of a better way of putting it. And they end up forcing themselves into a position where they have to get involved. They end up getting involved by not doing anything. So um, it's a very strange one. I'll be honest with you, I thought it was a bit naughty. Um, but we've seen a lot of times this season where stuff like this has happened, where Red Bull have done stuff to Mercedes or vice versa. Mercedes, in this case, doing stuff to Red Bull. Um, and it's just been part of those tactics. I'm not a fan of that kind of tactic, but... I've seen it done a lot and I've seen people take a dim view to it and I've seen other days where they've penalised it. So it didn't work out for Mercedes on two counts because one, of course, Max Verstappen stayed ahead of the two Mercedes drivers and the red flag came. I don't really feel with the red flag situation that a lot of people, again, a lot of people were moaning about the fact that Max got a free pit stop um, and people were able to change the damage on the car. I think Lando Norris brought this up after the race as well, that he was annoyed about it. But I'm pretty sure he actually benefited from a situation like that in Imola earlier in the season. So sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it goes against you. It, you know, it, it was unfortunate for Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton because they, at the time it seemed like they'd made the right call. But uh, the red flag came out, Max got a free pit stop and was able to change his tyres and inherit the lead of the Grand Prix. Um, but that brings us to the second part the second start of the race where of course uh, Max Verstappen didn't get a very good start and uh, Lewis Hamilton managed to overtake him quite early on the run down to turn one but then Max went quite deep onto the exit of turn one to try and overtake Hamilton around the outside. Um, Max was forced a little bit wide but Max was never going to make that corner. It was always Lewis's corner and then Max overtook Lewis off the road but then of course where Lewis uh, Max rejoined I should say and obstructed Lewis it caused a Constantina effect behind them 
which led to an eventual incident between Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc. Um, Luke, bringing it back earlier to the incident between Max and Lewis, um, did you feel that Max had a case where he should have been given some space around the outside or do you feel that it was a fair cop and that, you know, it was Lewis's corner, Max should have just given the place up and not, you know, keep him behind him? I mean, I, I'm, it's no secret I'm a Max Verstappen fan, but in that situation, no, he, he was wrong. He illegally overtook Lewis Hamilton at that position. Um, you know, in that situation, you would say that he should hand the position back because, you know, that was no way Max's corner after that start that he had. Lewis got away much better than him. Um, and obviously, yeah, it caused the next effect of further down the line, obviously what happened with Perez and Leclerc, which I've just seen that no further action will be necessary for that incident, um, which I think, Leclerc couldn't do nothing about it, could he? He just couldn't get out of the way. He had no space and Perez didn't really have no one, sort of no space at all. So it was always an incident was going to happen. But, I mean, going back to what I said, no, I think Max just overcooked the corner. I think he lost the position and just felt that there was enough room on the next corner. But, no, he obviously, he made the mistake and it was a, it was a strange way to actually then, because obviously another red flag happened, didn't it? And it was... I know you're going to pick this up, but how the FIA have actually managed it, because I was thinking straight away, you know, you get a five second time penalty if he doesn't give the position back. But yeah, it was really strange how it then further went down the line after. It was an interesting one. Um, I'll be honest with you. I actually very much enjoyed what, how Michael Massey handled that situation Um, because it was a red flag almost immediately. Of course, we saw the incident between Perez and Leclerc, I think it was very, very unfortunate for Sergio Perez because he had Pierre Gasly on one side of him. He had Leclerc on the other. He was trying to, you know, wheedle his way between the two of them. Um, and he did a very good job of it at first. But three cars going into such a narrow space and, and the circuits come under praise and, and criticism in equal measure. And we saw a lot of this in the F2 races uh, over the weekend that the track, you know, it, 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 there are dangerous elements to it and perhaps it's not the best uh, Tilka design that uh, they could have possibly made and it was all rushed a little bit and of course the preparation was rushed and it wasn't really safe and everything else despite the excitement that it brought of course it does come with that element of danger I'd imagine so that's another thing to talk about but Charles Leclerc couldn't exactly disappear you know he, he, he'd hit the wall as well in part of that incident you know his left front tyre hit the wall a little bit he's come back and it's caught Perez um, Perez was just incredibly unlucky uh, and it was a race where you could argue that Red Bull really could have done with Perez being in that fight. But then after those red flags where Max had got ahead of the Mercedes and him and Lewis Hamilton completely left the field behind once the race eventually got underway for the third time, uh, they were in a class of their own. So, you know, Bottas and Perez were kind of moot points, even though Bottas did eventually get on the podium anyway. So um, it was just unfortunate for Perez. What it does do for the Constructors' Championship is put Mercedes in a commanding position now where they've pretty much almost got it won. It, it would take arguably um, a day where Red Bull won and two at Abu Dhabi and Mercedes to come away with practically next to nothing for them to win the Constructors' Championship. But of course, a result like that would give them both championships. So that's certainly something that they will shoot for. Um, but it's unlikely that that will probably come to fruition. So it does look like Mercedes are very much in the driving seat for the Constructors' Championship. Just looking on my phone, um, working this out in my head, I think it's about Oh, it looks like what twenty eight points between yeah twenty eight points between the two of them. Uh, I, be- I believe Red Bull. Yeah, 
Sorry, I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I believe Red Bull have the most race wins. I think they have 10 and Mercedes have nine. Um, so whilst in theory they could level that next weekend, um, by doing so would pretty much win the constructors anyway, Mercedes. So it's not like they're going to be going for that. But yeah, um, I, I would have loved to have seen Pierre Gasly's on board in that incident because he was on the right-hand side of Perez and he probably wouldn't have given Perez too much room, but it was Leclerc's tyre that Perez co- connected with and that pretty much sent him out of the race. Ruined his day. It's just really unfortunate. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time because those two were right up near the front before that safety car. They were fighting away for fourth and fifth. Charles Leclerc was doing a rather good job, impressive in qualifying despite the setback he had in practice. Um, and, and Perez, you know, he needed to get ahead of Leclerc as well, but he just couldn't do it. So um, just one of those weekends for Sergio Perez after uh, five races where he was in a very rich vein of form, always finishing in the top four. So that run's come to an end for him. So, um, you know, what do you make of all that with Sergio Perez, Luke? Do you feel that, um, you know, his second half of the season has been much improved from where he was earlier in the season? And um, do you hope for your, for his sake, he might be able to keep that going next season? I think it's definitely a massive improvement from Perez. The last, obviously today wasn't his day. You know, he was a bit unfortunate with the incident, but, to be honest, I, I agree with you. I think he's had to be, you know, Lewis Lewis this weekend called Bottas the best teammate of all time in F1. I mean, that just goes to show over the last, what, four to five years, you know, Bottas has been always the standard bearer as the best teammate for a team. And obviously Lewis has always won the championship with Bottas helping him as well along the way. But I definitely think Perez has definitely helped Max in this position to be fighting for this championship to the last race. And I think he'll definitely be at his best in Abu, in Abu Dhabi next weekend. Definitely has been a massive improvement for Perez. Um, and he, I, I think you, you've got to take into account he is, you know, he's a race winner as well. You know, he's won a race this season. He's got that experience now. It's not the fact of, you know, they're, they're looking at a driver that isn't sort of experienced enough to be at that top end of the field. He is good enough to be a race winner. So, Perez definitely has improved and I definitely think he's hopefully going to be on his A game for next weekend to try and help Max win the championship. And next year, as you said, that's got to be the confidence he's got to be going into for for the start of next season. Yeah, I mean, if I was at Red Bull, I think with Perez is concerned, Perez has said already, you know, quite outspoken about the fact that he's trying to help Max win this championship. Red Bull, in theory, yes, they could still win the Constructors' Championship, but I think Perez's priority should be to help Max. And if they have the opportunity to win the Constructors' Championship, then by all means, go for it. But, um, you know, one uh, they seem to be likely to win one championship. It's certainly going to be Max winning the drivers rather than Red Bull winning the Constructors at this point in time. It would take a lot from Mercedes' part as well as Red Bull for that to happen. Um, but uh, you're right about Bottas. You know, Lewis made some really good comments about Bottas. I think it's a fair point. You know, they've had a great relationship as teammates. Bottas has been a really good teammate to Lewis Hamilton. Um, he's helped Lewis so often during his time at the team. And and it's brought the best out of Valtteri. Sometimes it's not helped him so much in that situation to be considered the number two driver or as Toto referred to as the perfect wingman. But, um, you know, sometimes that's just the natural order of Formula One. Sometimes you just... You know, for every team that's got a strong number one, you need a reliable, strong number two driver alongside them to get the job done. And Valtteri Bottas, if Mercedes win the Constructors' Championship next weekend at Abu Dhabi for a record eighth time in a row, um, Valtteri Bottas, for his entire time at Mercedes, would have won a Constructors' Championship with them. 
Um, so it's not a bad record to have for Valtteri Bottas. He very much will have plenty of success that he is equally contributed as much as Lewis Hamilton has to the team in that regard. So, um, you know, we shouldn't understate that at all. On the incident of itself between Hamilton and Max Verstappen, of course, Esteban Ocon um, managed to make a great move to go around the outside and managed to get past Lewis Hamilton and all of that uh, to go up into, P- into P2. But I wanted to talk about how Michael Massey interrupted and what well, intervened, I suppose, and how he went about trying to restore peace, I suppose, for the restart and make the right outcome. Because in the steward's mind, they were probably going to investigate the incident. And I have no doubt in my mind that they would have penalised Max Verstappen in that one. It was a fair cop. It was Lewis's corner. And Max was not able to complete the move or, in his mind, retain the lead without overtaking off the circuit. So there's no way he would have been able to restart the race from pole when the red flag came out immediately afterwards. But because of what happened, Michael Massey offered Red Bull a a choice. He basically said to them, "Okay, well, this is my decision. I'll give you an option to accept a deal here where if you accept it, Max will start behind Lewis. And well, obviously, it was clear that it was going to start behind Ocon as well, because there was a bit of back and forth over it, or it'll be referred to the stewards. Um, Red Bull decided, yeah, okay, we'll start behind Lewis and Ocon in this case and leave it there rather than take uh, any sort of penalty after the red flag situation and go further down. What did you make of that? Were you a fan of that? Or do you feel that perhaps they should just let it go to the stewards and let them decide anyway? Because it was one of those that I think Red Bull would have been very grateful for them being offered that option rather than taking a five-second time penalty later on. I personally think Red Bull were very clever with the way they dealt with that situation because they were handed, first of all, if Michael Massey actually turned around and said to, I can't remember who it was on the radio, I think it was Helmut Marco, was it? Um, They said about who Max would be behind because they originally said that Max would start second, but they didn't state at the start who he would be starting on pole. So they actually turned around and said to the FIA, or they said to to Massey in response, Oh, so what? It'll be Ocon in front. So then they had to sort of rejig it a little bit and think, well, no, no, no. Like, um, you'll be behind Lewis. And then obviously they've said, nope, we'll have to think about it. We'll come back. I think Red Bull sort of caught, uh, caught something quite quick there to think, well, hold on a minute. They've not actually said who's going to be in front of Max. So let's try and sort of make it a bit more interesting because Ocon was in front of Lewis before the red flag came out, irrelevant of the situation. So that was their argument to think, well, we'll give the place up, but Ocon also has to pass because he has to he has to give the place up to Hamilton to then max after if that was still in a live situation. So Red Bull were very clever to actually negotiate with Red Bull, uh, so with the FIA to turn around and say, well, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll be behind Hamilton, but to make sure that Ocon is on pole, that's how we're going to deal with it. And to be honest, I think it was very generous um, easily you've seen before in the past that a five second penalty would have been the, the norm for at the, for that incident and if racing was still going on live at the time I do think the five second penalty would have been granted but because of the red flag situation it would have been I think it was the best way to actually do it to be fair and I think it was quite healthy for the sport to actually see that happen because you never know that could happen again and that could be another situation when I go from there. But as I said about Red Bull, very clever what they did there to actually notice that they didn't actually say beforehand who was starting on pole to then bring Ocon into the situation 
made it a bit more sort of beneficial for themselves. So, as I said before, generous, but at the same time, clever from Red Bull in that situation. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that, you know, it sets a precedent for future incident incidents like that. I mean, it was a very strange one because, of course, the incident occurred and then we had the red flag. Then we had to reset the grid based on what the order was, or at least we could figure out almost immediately after the restart, the, set, uh, the first restart. So it was a really tough call. But I, as I said, I thought we handled that situation rather well. Michael Massey, um, you know, he offered Red Bull the option to say, look, you're not going to win in this. The stewards all side against Max in this. And rightfully, they would have done if it was if it was thrown to them. Um, they didn't really have a case to argue. So to offer them that so that Lewis is ahead of Max on the grid for the next one, I think was the right outcome. And of course, not impacting Ocon as well, because he was the innocent party. And um, it would have been awful for Esteban Ocon if someone told him, no, you've got to start behind Verstappen and Hamilton, when rightfully he should have been leading the race. Mm. But of course, that didn't happen. Ocon ended up starting the second restart at on pole position, which of course brought us to the next event that we're going to talk about. And that was uh, an, an incredible piece of driving from all three of them for different reasons. Um, so obviously I'll talk you for the turn of events. They had the start, Max Verstappen. This time though, they uh, took the hard tyres off of Max and put the medium tyres because Red Bull went for a bit of a gamble on strategy here to go to the end of the race. Whilst Lewis stayed on the harder tyres, Lewis was saying, should we have changed tyres? Mercedes felt confident that those medium tyres of Max were going to go off. Eventually they did, not that it matters anyway. But um, it brought a tantalising prospect that Max Verstappen was going to gamble and go for it and try and overtake Lewis Hamilton. And in the scheme, the grand scheme of things, the way the race played out, it probably was the right decision at the time to get Max ahead of Lewis. Um, but anyway, of course, the start was um, Max got a bit of a slowish getaway, but in the second phase of it, Hamilton's overtaking Ocon, but he's left the gap open just about enough size to fit a red ball in there. And that's what Max Verstappen did. A, a brilliant piece of overtaking. Some say perhaps a bit aggressive or very risky. But when you're fighting for a world championship against someone as good as Lewis Hamilton... It's been those kind of moments that has brought has been brought out the best in Max Verstappen where he's had to put it all on the line and leave no space or no stone unturned in order to get the move done. And he did it so brilliantly. And then, of course, alongside him, you had Lewis Hamilton just trying to avoid being taken out in between Max and Esteban Ocon. Manages to survive with a bit of a scrape on his wing. And then Ocon as well having to take the escape road because he's the unlucky party on the outside of all of it. What did you make of that? overtake by Verstappen do you feel that that was incredibly brilliant from Verstappen or do you feel that perhaps it was a bit risky and he put the onus on the other drivers to not necessarily take evasive action but to give Max the room that he had forced himself into in order to complete that move I think you nailed it there I think the the risk you've got to take when you're going for a world championship and Max took the risk and it paid off at that point I think the move was available I don't think Lewis really sh- he obviously at that point, he got a better start than Ocon and obviously shut the door on Ocon. But I just feel that there was not really much else that Lewis could do because I think that as he was as he was away from you know Ocon from passing him, he had to find himself a good exit out of that first two corners. So he couldn't really sort of come inside to then block Max off because it would have obviously interrupted his obviously viewpoint of passing Ocon later on. But I mean, going back to the pass itself, I mean, Max, that was brilliant. I mean, I, I'm I, as I said before, I'm a Max fan. Um, you know, his driving style does remind me slightly of how Schumacher was a bit aggressive. But I do, I do agree. I, I, I think that 
when you're aggressive like that, I do think when you're fighting for a world championship, you've got to try everything possible, especially when you're coming up against someone like Lewis Hamilton, who is by far the best driver in our generation. You know, like he is the man to beat. And Max has done that move and it's a brilliant move from him. When it pays off, it pays off, you know, just just needs to stay out of trouble, you know, like it is what it is. But I mean, it was a brilliant move from him and obviously got him the lead in the race. I mean, when you look at incidents like that, you know, that incident ultimately is not going to be talked about too often because it didn't really mean much in the end. If he'd have won the Grand Prix today and we didn't have everything that followed and Max just held Lewis behind him as he did Austin and he cited that overtake at that restart as the moment he won the Grand Prix, people would be going on about that incident and saying, wow, it was an incredible piece of driving from Max, a great overtake the sort of move he needed to make to win a world championship. And if he'd have won today's race, there's a good chance he probably would have won the world championship. You know, he may still do, of course, you know, uh, we've got one more race to go. And of course he's got every chance to win it as he has done all season long. But um, there've been a lot of people, some drivers, a lot of fans, some pundits as well that have touted Verstappen's driving as reckless, over aggressive, um, borderline dangerous as well. Um, even though, you know, there are scenarios like today where he made a move like that stick. It was a brilliant piece of driving, in my opinion, a great initiative to go for it. Um, the sort of thing that a lot of people want to see as well. Where do you kind of stand on that with Max Verstappen? Because in my opinion, I feel like you got to take, in some cases, you have to take the good with the bad. I know that's not the best choice of words, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will probably say, Ad, are you are you basically encouraging that it's okay for Max to be over aggressive in certain incidents in the past? That's not really what I'm saying. But sometimes when you've seen drivers of the past, you mentioned Schumacher, Senna was another one, Alain Prost, uh, when Rosberg was fighting Hamilton as well, and even Hamilton himself to a degree at times. Sometimes you have to go for those kind of moves. You have to lay it on the line. You know, risk it for the chocolate biscuit, if you like. Um, but sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. And in Max's case, sometimes when he does go a bit over the top, I agree, perhaps he needs to rein it in a little bit or not go for every single opportunity that comes your way. But then you start to think about that old Ayrton Senna saying, you know, if you don't go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. And that was most certainly a big enough gap to go for, and Max went for it. So judging the whole picture, how do you see it with Max? Do you feel that perhaps he does need to rein it in a little bit sometimes, pick and choose his battles more wisely, if you like, as he gets older and more experienced? Or do you feel that some of the people that have been criticising his driving just need to accept that, you know, Max Verstappen is brilliant at what he does and that perhaps people are giving him too hard a time on some of his driving standards? I mean, where do you sit on that? I think it's slightly harsh. I do think because if he makes a mistake, they always look at him as like, oh, he's the bad boy of the sport because he's made a few mistakes in the past. I mean, obviously Monza, you look at Monza, it's his fault. Um, You know, you look at today, I mean, obviously he made the mistake at the restart. Um, And obviously he goes and does that. I think in situations like that, I should be, I think he's entitled to actually go for a move. We've seen, we've seen in the past other drivers like Danny Ricciardo, for example, He's like the king of the late breakers, as people call him. You know, he's one of the best overtakers in the sport. But he will never be highly criticised because he's never really made many mistakes like what Max has done if he's tried a similar thing. I think he is... I think Max is quite sort of heavily criticised a a lot. I do think that he does sometimes have to sit back when he's made a mistake and reflect and think, 
I shouldn't have done that. And I do think there's a few times where, you know, he'll he'll get single-handedly out to say, oh, he's he's done this again, he's done that again. But there's other drivers that have made mistakes. I mean, I look at Lewis Hamilton this weekend. I don't want to sort of hold grudges and everything, but Hamilton made two mistakes in six corners in practice to this weekend. I mean, like one on Gasly, and then potentially he nearly caused a crash with Mazepin. I mean, but nothing was said about that. You know, he got a reprimand in the end of it, but the media haven't come out and said, oh, Lewis is dangerous, this and that. He nearly caused a high-speed crash, but Max today obviously caused an incident, but straight away the media are on top of it going, oh, he's done this, he's done that. For me, I think that's where it's a bit, bit uncalled for, but I do think as he grows older into the sport and as he becomes, which he is, one of the best drivers in the sport, he will learn a lot from these situations where he has made mistakes. And let's be real, if he wins it this week, next weekend or next year, whoever, he will be a world champion at some point and deservedly so. But I do think slightly a little bit they go overboard about his driving style because, as you've mentioned, the names of Schumacher, Senna, Prost, these were highly aggressive drivers, you know, like, and they were deemed to be the, the best of the sport in the, in the history. Lewis Hamilton, when he was a young driver, when he won the world championship in 2008, he was very aggressive himself. And he's had to learn and be mature about the way he drives. And there's no reason why Max can't do that in his career going forward in the future. And I also think, just lastly, before I finish off on that point, I think driving alongside a Lewis Hamilton type driver now will definitely help Lewis, uh, will definitely help Max in the future going forward. So, yes, he's aggressive, but we want to see that in the sport. We want to see overtaking. We want to see this battle between two great champions, in my opinion. And yes, he'll need to improve sometimes, but let him race, as I say. As I, say. I mean, it's an interesting point. And y- yeah, I can understand there are some parties that would want Max to rein it in a little bit and perhaps not put the onus on the other driver to, you know, take not necessarily evasive action, but to adjust their position in that moment to avoid an accident. But do you feel that... Um, in the case of battling Lewis Hamilton, that because of how good Lewis is and the machinery that Lewis seems to have right now, I think a lot of people could argue that out of the two, Mercedes have the all-round better package. Um, I think that's probably been the case since Silverstone. It's just taken up until around Turkey for Mercedes to actually, you know, put it up together, set the car up to, to Lewis's strength so that Lewis can extract that performance out of it uh, in the way that he's done recently. But it's, it's, has it forced Max to be in a position where Max has to take those risks? Max has, Max has to lay it all on the line or find every ounce of ability that he has in order to beat Lewis. I mean, we saw in qualifying how much Max put that car on the ragged edge to the point where he nearly put together one of the greatest qualifying laps we'd ever seen, only to make a mistake at the final corner. Do you feel that because of how good Lewis is that it's forcing Max to drive to that to that level? Um maybe, you know, pushing the boundaries arguably so few before him have actually been able to do in the sport. I agree with that. I, I think that because Lewis is on a roll at the moment and because he is who he is, I think Max is, you know, definitely having to try and step up in certain ways. And that if it is being a bit more aggressive in certain times, I mean, that it, that that what happened to him in qualifying, it reminded me a lot of the wall of champions from Canada. You know, a lot of drivers have gone into that sort of area and they've made the mistake. And 
I mean, Max again will learn from this sort of situation, but it's you can clearly see that even if he's not aggressive or not, the talent's there. But because Lewis has stepped up since Turkey this year or second half of the season, he's been brilliant. It is kind of forcing Max a little bit, as you said, to try and maybe do new tactics to try and see if he can sort of play some mind games and try to in like try to you know find a way to beat Lewis and beat Mercedes. So I expect the same sort of thing in Abu Dhabi. It's going down to the wire. Whatever happens with this uh, investigation, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't see anything different for Abu Dhabi. I just think that these two are going to be fighting to the very, very last lap going into this final race. Uh, this final race. I certainly hope so. Um, it, it just seems inevitable when these two come together. There's always something going on. It's uh, it's never as simple as one gets a move done on the other one. Perhaps early in the season it seemed that way, but it's just. I suppose blossomed is the only appropriate word, but it's kind of just spiralled out of control at this point to where we, we just kind of expect what incident are we going to talk about next? And uh, I guess it kind of brings us to where we are because we ended up with a scenario in the race where Max was ahead of Lewis at that point. Max had got, uh, sorry, Lewis had got ahead of Esteban Ocon rather quickly because Ocon knew he was not going to be fighting with um, Lewis and Max. And obviously a podium was on the cards for him. So as long as he kept his nose clean, kept his pace up, which until the very, very last moments of the race, quite literally, he looked like he was going to get. But, um, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. What we saw was the first part of the lap where the driver really had to nail the, the corners together in a nice rhythm to build up a bit of a gap. And then, of course, the last two sectors where there's a lot of engine performance and straights to worry about. It felt a lot that Max Verstappen had to keep had to pull out a gap on Lewis and then, you know, that would give him the buffer he needed in the final two parts of the lap to keep Lewis behind him. And that was working for a time to the point where if Mac, we all thought, well, if Max can keep his ties together and not make a mistake in that part of the lap, he may have Lewis beat in the same way that he beat him in Austin earlier in the season when it was a similar situation to a degree. But uh, what ended up happening was, uh, around, I think it was around about lap 34, 35, we saw uh, a couple of incidents, one which between Sonoda and Vettel, of course we'll talk about a bit more later on, and then one with Vettel and Raikkonen where a lot of debris and body, um, you know, body work was going on the track which brought out a virtual safety car. And I think what was the key moment here, Luke, was that the virtual safety car came out where Max and Lewis were just entering the first sector. So all of that time where the virtual safety car would obviously keep the cars at a similar gap, you know, it removes that advantage that is won or lost in a safety car or a situation like that. But the time where Max would have built up on Lewis in that first sector, he wasn't able to build it. He'd lost the opportunity on that lap to build a gap over Lewis in the first sector, which would protect him at the rest of the lap to the point where when they got to the, the end of the lap, Lewis was on Max's tail in the DRS and that gave him the opportunity to get the run on him into turn one, which of course brings us towards the first of the major controversial incidents where Max goes in a bit deep to go on the inside to hold Lewis back. He loses the rear end of the car a little bit, which forces him to go off the circuit to stay ahead of Lewis. A bit similar to Brazil, but obviously Max is a bit more out of control this time than in Brazil. How did you see that one go down? Because from what I understand, this was the incident where Max got a five-second time penalty by the stewards. Um, what did you think? Do you think that was a fair penalty? Or did you think that, you know, based on what we saw at Brazil, that the precedent was set that this probably would have been okay? What were your thoughts on that incident? I just think with that incident, I felt I felt that you just, you just literally said the words from me. I think because of what happened in Brazil, 
I think it was very similar. This time round, I do think that Max was, had track position, even though he did sort of break late, um, cause Lewis to maybe sort of yield off a bit more, which he shouldn't have done. Um, but for me, I felt because of the situation in Brazil, they didn't really want to cause any more controversial moments. And obviously that's why they probably awarded Max the five-second time penalty. Um, in all honesty, I, I sound a bit biased, but I did think it was slightly harsh just because Max had trap position. He didn't have it in Brazil. That's probably why I think in Brazil he got away with it. Um, I think that's always key. I think, like, don't get me wrong, there, he's trying to defend his position and he's already still in the position. So, yes, he's obviously gone the corner a bit deep, but it's, it's I think for me, it's just one of those. I think you just got to sort of get on with it maybe, but obviously the stewards see it differently to me. Obviously, they see it to differently to other people. They obviously felt that Max obviously got away with it maybe the first time round of the, um, you know, the first incident before the red flag. And this time they felt, no, we're not going to let Lewis just overtake him. We're going to give him a five-second penalty because it's continuously happening. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why they're giving it, but I generally felt it was slightly harsh just because Max still had trap position at that point. I mean, I saw the incident back a few times and I was kind of the, I was of a similar opinion. I thought it was a bit harsh um, for a few reasons. One, whilst Max does carry that overspeed into the corner, and ultimately causes the rear end to lose a little bit of control and it causes him to, you know, go off. I don't think Lewis was going to make the corner anyway. Um, mm. And this is for me, it's like, it's, it's one thing to judge someone whether or not they're going to make the corner to keep the position. It's another thing to judge the guy that's alongside him thinking, well, if he doesn't do that, does that other car make the corner? I don't think it does. Um, I, th- I think the only reason Lewis does end up making the corner anyway is because Lewis is practically stopping to a halt when... You know, Max is sliding a little bit to avoid getting caught. And obviously with the cars so close together, I don't know if they touch or not. The replays weren't really quite clear on it. It didn't look like it, but, you know, there's a lot going on there. And I think Lewis just doesn't really make the corner much himself. So with all that in mind, and and bear in mind what we saw at Brazil as well, where Max, it looked like it was a lot more controlled what he was doing in Brazil. And they didn't penalise that. And I said that was a penalty. But because the stewards set the precedent saying it wasn't, um, after the appeal and the review and everything else got thrown out. An incident like that to me in that situation, well, I don't think it was as bad as Brazil, but yet they penalised it anyway. But that come a bit later on, and, and, and this is another you know point of discussion why it's all a bit confusing, because because of that, they told Red Bull, right, Max needs to give that place to Lewis. You know, he can't keep the lead after that. He's successfully defended the lead by taking evasive action off the circuit, and he's used that as an advantage. So they've told Max on the radio the the message that we've seen replay a lot after this race to let Lewis overtake you for the lead, um, but do it strategically. What that meant to Red Bull, only they will know. I don't think it was a case of like, you know, do it to make things difficult for Lewis, but, you know, just do it in a place where Lewis doesn't get too much ground on you. He takes the lead, you put yourself in a position where you can take it back. Um, And that leaves us on the rundown in the uh, final sector where the big talking point, where Max Verstappen slows right down on the right-hand side to let Lewis go through. Lewis slows down himself, not doesn't overtake Max Verstappen. It all gets very confusing. And then they both go in the set. Max is sort of going left and right. He's not sure where Lewis is. He's looking all over the place for him. He then goes left to go to the other side. Lewis goes there himself at the same time. And Max slows down. Lewis goes forward. And then they have the big crash 
Fortunately, neither driver's races were ruined as a result of that. But that ended up being the moment where everybody is talking about. Of course, what followed after that was Max let Lewis, Lewis through anyway. But um, let's uh, break this incident down, Luke. Um, how did you see that go down? Did, did you consider that as bad driving from Max Verstappen? Or, you know, was Lewis Hamilton... Should he have overtaken Max earlier and not messed around with it? Or was the confusion with the stewards and everything else? Can you break down how you saw that incident and, and, and what you thought, now that we've seen it over and over again, what you thought about that? Oh, I mean, I'll put it in a scenario where, I know it sounds a bit silly, but I'll put it in a scenario where you're driving on the main road and someone goes in the back of you. It's not the guy who's fought in front. You know, it's the guy that goes in behind. You know, like that, that's... That's the, sort of the way you could see it, obviously, to make it easier. Um, I mean, I, I may be put in a situation as well where Max has obviously been told by the FIA, you've got to let him go. I'm not being funny, but Lewis has been Lewis has said that he wasn't aware of that. I mean, one, Max is slowing down, but then Lewis is as well. Why is Lewis slowing down? Like, why would you slow down if your rival is slowing you? Is slowing down? It's not a formation lap. It's not a virtual safety car. It's pure racing. He slowed down for one reason and one reason only, and that's to give position. People are turning around and saying that oh, he was more. He was very central. If you look at the pictures that we've seen, Lewis had plenty of room to overtake. Max obviously slowed down. Was unsure what was going on. Um, Lewis has admitted today um, in his post-match or uh, post-race conference, sorry, that. Um, he was worried that Max would have DRS after. So clearly you knew what Max was doing. So if, for example, Max was too central and should have been a bit more further to the side of the track to give Lewis a bit more room, that's fair enough. And maybe Max should be a bit sort of careful with that. But in my opinion, and again, I don't want to sound too biased, if they punish Max and not Lewis, for me, that's ridiculous. I think Lewis in my opinion, should get at least a reprimand, which he's already had one this weekend. Um, and we all talk about how dangerous Max is, but you clearly see that Lewis also has his bit of a dangerous side to him as well. Um, if Max gets a punishment, I mean, he got a five-second penalty for the first one that he got. Um, and then obviously, um, obviously he's now under investigation for this incident as well because... Apparently he's brake tested him, but Lewis hasn't really helped himself out by saying that he was afraid that he'd have DRS after. So clearly you knew what was going on. And I'm pretty sure that Mercedes, I'm pretty, we would have to hear, we'd have to hear the race engineers, what their say was at that point, but surely the race engineer at Mercedes is listening to what the Red Bull engineer is saying. Um, so surely they must've known what was going on. They'll obviously argue the case, but for me, I think that's very unfair if Max gets a, a bigger punishment than Lewis for this situation. It's a bit of a mess, if I'm honest. Um, you know, because I don't think there's one party out of this one that comes out with clean hands, if, that, if you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, and I, I don't want to be too extreme about this because I was very confused about the whole situation. It seemed rather odd that Max would go out of his way. You know, even the most aggressive fan against Max Verstappen would probably find, whilst they may feel, oh, I'm not surprised Max has resorted to that if they don't like him for whatever reason. But I'd be very surprised as to why Max would go out of his way to try and break test Lewis in this scenario. 
Um, ultimately, if the telemetry proves that Max does break test Lewis, you know, and, and, Mac, and Max deliberately tried to force an accident, then he should be punished. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I don't even think for a second that that was the case. It just seems, it makes no sense for Max to do that. Especially when he was in a position where he was in control of the race and still leading it. And the decision over whether or not Max was wrong in, in that incident at turn one on the, on the lap that, you know, before that, we didn't know he was going to get a penalty at the time. That come a bit later on. So that was still up a bit in the, all up in the air and everything else. What really annoyed me about this incident, though, is that the stewards basically said to Red Bull, uh, we think he needs to give, like Marky Massey says to Red Bull, he, I think he needs to give Lewis the place. Otherwise, it will be referred to the stewards to investigate and they'll make their own decision on it. So it wasn't even the stewards telling Red Bull for Max to give the place up. It was Michael Massey. And this is where I think it gets a bit of a problem because whilst I thought I would praise him for his involvement in earlier incidents, some, and he's allowed to do that as the race director, he can do that. I think sometimes you really have to pick and choose. And I think this is one he should not have got involved in, as crazy as it was, um, because it creates all the confusion because the stewards aren't aware of what's going on until they hear of it later on. It's going through so many different channels and Michael Massey's only one person. So he needs to tell Red Bull that. He also needs to tell, needs to tell Mercedes. Evidently, from what Mercedes is saying, they were not told or made aware that Max was going to do what Max did and let try and let Lewis overtake him until it's too late because it happens so quickly. Red Bull get on the radio to Max. He responds almost immediately because he obviously felt that that was the best place to do it, whether his intention was to try and get DRS um, going into turn one or to try and overtake Lewis at the earliest opportunity, which eventually he tried to do after he let Lewis through cleanly the second attempt the second attempt um you know we won't know but what ended up happening was lewis was not aware of what max was going to do and then max slows down suddenly lewis gets confused now i can understand what you were saying earlier that lewis hamilton probably may have been thinking about the drs hence why he slowed down i did find it strange that lewis slowed down when max was slowing down because lewis wasn't told what was going on um, there were no flags, there were no safety car warnings, there was no lights on his dash, there was no signal to say to Lewis that, oh, you're suddenly going to slow down, don't overtake Max. And look, this isn't me saying Lewis was being silly here or trying to be manipulative of the situation, but I do find it a little bit odd that someone of his experience has won seven world championships, could be eight this time next week, 103 Grand Prix and has just as many pole positions, and yet his first immediate reaction when his rival slows down ahead of him in a race when there's no prompt to do otherwise is to slow down and not overtake him. What if Max had had a problem and run out of power? Lewis mm. can't tell that Max is braking when he's slowing down. He can assume that he is, but Max could have had a problem. He may have had a sudden loss of power and his car just, and the aerodynamics are slowing the car down. You know, there's no brake lights on a Formula One car. So Lewis, you know, he, Lewis doesn't know what's going on. It's only into, and, and at this point, you, I'm looking at the replay over and over and over again. I'm thinking, Lewis, just pull to the left. There's plenty of room on the left-hand side. That's what Max wants Lewis to do. Overtake him and then they, they'll carry on. But Lewis doesn't do that. He slows down to practically a crawl like Max was doing. And then Lewis is sort of like, you know, Max is going back and forth. He's looking in his mirrors, trying to find where Lewis is. He can't see Lewis because Lewis is directly behind him. I know people will say, oh, there's mirrors. But if someone's directly behind you like that, yeah, you might not be able to see them in your mirrors like that because your mirrors can only see what's f the space either side. Might not necessarily see the space directly behind you like that. So, um, 
you know, so Max is going left and right. He doesn't know what to do. He's trying to slow down more. He pulls over to the left. But Lewis has gone the same way as Max, thinking, oh, well, they've just gone the same way and gambled on it. And Lewis has tried to put his foot down to overtake Max. And that's where they've collided with each other. It's a scenario that there's so much confusion and ambiguity going on between the two parties at Red Bull and, of course, the FIA involved in this as well, and Michael Massey, that has created this scenario where it's an absolute clusterfuck for lack of a better way of putting it. And I do apologise for using that kind of language on here, but it's an absolute mess. And I find it really frustrating that the FIA, at first, were looking at Max Verstappen for his part in this, and they were looking at Lewis Hamilton afterwards. And it's like, well, who's reviewing what Michael Massey's involvement in this was? And this is the frustrating thing, because if Michael Massey doesn't get involved, or if he's not so adamant about it and lets them do what they need to do, maybe Red Bull make the decision on their own like they did in Bahrain or, you know, and, and Max handles that properly and Lewis is made aware of what's going on. You know, it's so confusing. They've not handled it well. And what's happened is two drivers have confused each other over all of this because they don't know what's going on and they've collided. You know, the, the F1 pundits uh, on Sky F1, they were talking to Total Wolf afterwards and Total Wolf came onto this interview and I found this really interesting. He came onto this interview with all the information in his mind that he was going to tell them all that Max brake tested Lewis, we've got the proof, Max should be penalised, bish bash bosh, done. As soon as he's watching it with, watching it back with them, Damon Hill, Paul DeResta, I think Simon Lazenby as well, his mindset and his wording changes to the point where he actually sees it and thinks, oh actually, you know what, you guys are probably right there. I think there's so much confusion there. I don't think you can blame Max Verstappen exclusively for this. I think there's a lot of parties involved in this. I don't think you can put it all on Max or saying that Max deliberately tried to hurt Lewis Hamilton's race or ruin his race like that. I don't think you can do that at all. So I think it was just one of those silly things that's happened between all parties and everyone's played a part in this where Max has, you know... I don't know what Max was trying to do at the second phase of that when he got confused by it all or what he was trying to do, whether it was DRS he wanted to get on Lewis, I don't know. Lewis for not overtaking Max when he doesn't know why Max is slowing down. Again, I I cite the point that there's no brake lights on a Formula 1 car. Lewis was not told what Max was doing or trying to do until after they've hit. So how does Lewis Hamilton know that Max doesn't have a problem, hence why he's losing speed, um, when he's slowing down? How does he know that he's braking? until the point where they make contact. So I don't buy that line from Lewis Hamilton that Max was playing the game all about the DRS and that he, was, that he wasn't trying to do that. Because Lewis, there's only one reason why Lewis probably slowed down, because he knows about where they are on the track and he knows probably thinking, oh, well, Max is trying to get the DRS, so I'm going to stay behind him and do it as well. We saw it in an esports race. I think they were trying to do that a little while ago. I know it's not the same thing, but look, that was a long monologue, but... That's kind of my opinion on it. I don't think you can punish either driver or I think something needs to be looked at with these two and say, look, guys, we can't afford you two to be messing around here. It's getting ridiculous now because you two keep coming together, whether it's Max's fault or Lewis's fault or both of them. The end result is both of it's just making a mockery of what is otherwise an incredible championship. Arguably one of the greatest we've ever seen. Maybe the greatest, potentially. Um, so... Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. So I know there's going to be Lewis fans listening to this. They're probably going to hate me for saying that I don't think that it was Max's fault 100%. And they're probably going to be Max fans that don't like me for the fact that I think that Max was a bit silly in that. But then Lewis, I think for his part in that as well, Lewis plays his part in that as well. If Lewis just goes around Max like 
pretty much almost everybody else would have done the same thing in that situation, just gone to the left and overtook him if a car's slowing down. Um, you know, you've got to be thinking about other things like, you know, and, and Lewis is very, very clever. You know, he's thinking about the DRS thing. He's not falling for that. So, look, I'm not saying that's the reason why Lewis didn't overtake Max. I just find it very odd that someone of Lewis's experience in that situation thinks, oh, I'm going to slow right down if my rival ahead of me is slowing down. You don't do that. Mm. You don't do that. And you're not going to think someone of that calibre and someone in Formula 1 is going to deliberately slow down to a crawl and then try and put you in the wall. I mean, we're not talking esports lobbies or anything stupid like that. We're talking real life and actual real people that are at the top of their game. That You just don't get that. But, um... Look, we'll wait and see what happens. The stewards are still talking about it. It's being reviewed in that. I just hope no retrospective punishment is given on either driver for this. I think this Michael Massey really needs to, whether or not he's capable of doing this job, could be seriously under, you know, could be under scrutiny at this point because there's been a lot of stuff going on this season, a lot of inconsistencies with the steward, not just from him, but the stewards themselves, the FIA's involvement in this. And this battle between Max and Lewis has not been an easy one to judge, but they have not done themselves any favour in all of this. Um, with that grander issue at a whole, how do you feel about that, Luke, um, by extension with the FIA and the steward? And what do you think that they'll be thinking at this point in time? What's the what's the fairest punishment? Because I do think both of them will get punished at some point. Um, it it sounds mad, but Lewis Hamilton doesn't want to reprimand because he'll get a ten place grid penalty for the next race. Um, because that'll be his third one, I believe, this year. Um, Max obviously got the five second penalty, and they're obviously unsure what the penalty was given for. That's what people have been saying, but I think we clearly know that it was the incident at turn one, but. If they if they don't punish both drivers, I think that will probably be the best outcome. But looking at the pictures, looking at the replays, Lewis has got plenty of room to overtake Max, and that's where his downfall could be. Um, and obviously, yeah, his interview and Toto Wolf saying about you know that for me personally, we all know. For me, in my opinion, I I I actually feel that he didn't want to pass him there because of that DRS section and it clearly would have, you know, sort of damaged their race a little bit, but it is what it is. I mean, obviously we've just got to get, I mean, the inconsistency of the stewards this year have not been great. Uh, let's see what, you know, the, the Saudi Arabian stewards do about it this weekend. And um, it could be something different. Like some, some stewards can think of it differently, but in my opinion, I do think that both of them are going to get some sort of punishment, but obviously what the punishments will be, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I think they should just be, I think the stewards or someone should have a word with these two before this final race, whether Liberty Media have to get involved themselves or John Todd, you know, it was like John Todd's final race as the uh, president of the FIA before the next round of elections come through because he's not standing for re-election. Maybe he needs to have a word with the two of them before this final race next week, you know, because it's all to play for. It's one shootout between the two of them. Um, and yeah, an incident like that, which which sees... Neither of them finish the race. We'll see Max Verstappen win the world championship. And I think there's always that fear from non-Max Verstappen fans or Lewis Hamilton fans in this case and anyone involved at Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton in particular. They're worried that Max may potentially do something that could take them both out and Max will win the championship. Like what Senna did to Prost in 1990 at Suzuka or Prost a year before that or Schumacher. Uh, in 94 with Damon Hill and 97 with Jacques Villeneuve, you know, those kind of incidents that 
whether you know the intention is there or not the fact that there's a possibility that it could happen and it you know it does have the potential to ruin what has otherwise been an incredible championship i hope and personally believe that max is not that way inclined and is not going to do that but i do feel that lewis does have it all to, it, max has it all to lose but if max puts himself into a position where he feels that well if lewis goes that's fine if i go with him i don't know I'm not Max Verstappen. I personally don't believe he'll think to do that. I think he will try to win this, in his mind, the right way um, on the track. But um, you don't. I guess you don't know what people are capable of. And who knows what Lewis could do? You know, we've seen Lewis get his elbows out quite a few times. Who's to say that Lewis doesn't put Max in a position where it forces Max into a position where he ends up retiring or something like that, and Lewis goes on to win? I mean... Look, we know Lewis knows how to win a world championship and Lewis likes to race the right way, but this season has certainly brought out perhaps a different side of Lewis Hamilton at certain places where Lewis has not try, has tried at certain points to try and not give Max an inch. You know, he did that earlier in the race. All right, it was fair, but, you know, he weren't giving Max the room that he needed. But then, of course, later on in the race, um, as we should probably move forward with this review, uh, when Max eventually did let Lewis go, he then re-overtook him straight away again, which I thought was a bit strange why he did that. But then he then tried to let Lewis through again uh, at turn 27. But then Lewis forced him literally all the way wide and off the circuit. A, a bit strange. Lewis obviously was very angry about what had happened. And perhaps that was, you know, part of why Lewis did that. Um, and that's something that he's that the stewards also talking to him about. Because as you mentioned, Luke, the reprimand that if Lewis does get another reprimand for his driving, whenever that may be, it will result in a 10-place grid penalty for the next Grand Prix, which, of course, if he does get one, means he will start with a grid penalty going into the final race of the season, which will be the worst thing to happen to Lewis Hamilton before the start of the final race. Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts on that incident between? Do you think Lewis needed to do that, or was he just trying to let off some steam? Or, better yet, was he just trying to stop Max from doing what he did the last time when he let Lewis through and um, re-overtake him again? Because it seemed like to me a little bit of all three in a way, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I can't say no more on that. I do think that Lewis is trying to protect Max from trying to re-overtake him, but at the same time, it's a bit of revenge, really. You know, like, I'm not going to allow you the space. You know, I'm going to be... Oh, my microphone nearly fell off there. I'm going to be a bit, um, I don't know, a bit more dirty tactics, as you were saying, Adam, I think, for me. He got the black and white flag from it. Um, and I generally think from, I believe from these situations, I think that's happened all this weekend with Lewis. I think he's got, I, I, he's not really been harshly punished by. I think, I, I'm Max, this is what I meant earlier about, you know, when Max makes one mistake, straight away it's oh he's max is this and max is that and if he has made the mistake he deserves to be punished but lewis has made about three or four mistakes this weekend and he's not had one punishment so i do believe that the fia should really look into it i mean he got the black and white flag for that thing in the end he's obviously done this he's done the two in practice for me red bull have come out and said that they've been unfairly treated so who knows? I mean, if he gets the reprimand, it's obviously advantage Red Bull um, because obviously they'll, it's obviously a winner takes all race at the moment as it stands. I sound very biased and I know I do, but to be quite honest with you, if you look at on this weekend, why Max has been punished for one offence and Lewis hasn't for four offences, where's the balance in it, you know, for me? And I think the stewards have been 
all season long has just been very inconsistent. So hopefully they get the decision right, whatever they do decide to do with both drivers from these incidents. I think both drivers and teams respectively in their own way are right in that they probably feel that the other side have had preferential treatment. Um, There have been cases that we've seen recently where Max has perhaps been a bit over the line and should have been penalised for it. I think Brazil was a good example of that, but he didn't happen. Um, As you mentioned, Lewis, a few times um, this season and even today, you know, perhaps wasn't penalised for certain things. Um, And both drivers understandably feel aggrieved that this has now become a battle of penalties. I think Max Verstappen kind of summed it up in his um, post-race interview when he was saying that the, uh, you know, when he was voted driver of the day, which is quite funny in a way, Max Verstappen driver of the day. There's always that meme associated with it. Um, when, especially when he was first in Formula One, the old driver of the day meme. But um, yeah, he was basically saying along the lines of that, you know, at least I've got the fans on side with me, or at least the fans that voted in the poll. Of course, this is a voting poll. It's not necessarily an actual, like who's the actual driver of the day. Uh, sometimes it can just be a popularity contest. And um which certainly wasn't shared by the locals because I think a lot of local fans that were there were very yes. much booing Max Verstappen at the race as well. But um, but then, of course, you've got Lewis who probably feels that Max, you know, should have been penalised for certain things and, you know, vice versa. So it, it's, it's hard to say. All I can say and all I can agree with both fan bases, and I, I'd like to think I come across as a bit of a neutral in this because I support Ferrari, although I, for me, I don't care who wins this championship, really. I, I'm just enjoying the show as long as it doesn't go too far and get toxic and tainted. And in some cases this season, I think we have been, if not very close, pretty much over the line when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, I'm just hoping we have a great show, the final race of the season, and then may the best man win. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, been yeah. I do, do sorry to apologise. Max Verstappen has been awarded a 10-second time penalty for causing a collision. Right. Okay, so that doesn't... He keeps, does that he keeps P2. He's been given a 10-second time penalty and he's been awarded two penalty points, but he will keep second position because he obviously finished 10 seconds in front of the driver and finished third, which was Bottas. Right. Lewis, I don't know what's going on. Uh, They haven't said anything about Lewis yet, but Max has been given a 10-second time penalty. Well, now that... Well, yeah, I've just checked it on myself. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I get it. I'm not sure it's necessary because I feel like there's a wider issue at play with that decision than Max being... For me, that just implies that they're blaming Max 100% for this incident. Um, And it was clumsy, and Max does play a part in all of this, probably the biggest part of all. But as I said, I think the stewards and the FIA need to look at themselves over this because I think the way they've handled this and the way Mercedes said to them, you know, that I think it was Ron, I can't remember his last name, Ron at Mercedes was saying to him on the radio that we weren't aware of what Red Bull and Max were going to do. Um, so it confused everybody, including Lewis Hamilton. But then I'd still argue the point, well, why is Lewis not overtaking Max when Max is slowing down? He's hmm. saying that Max is trying to slow down or brake test him, but Lewis didn't know what was going on with Max until after they hit. They could, he could have had a mechanical issue or something like that. Lewis is not going to stay behind and try and follow him. Yeah. So... Um, I'm not sure I'm happy about the precedence of that penalty. The only good thing that comes from that is that hopefully we can just put that behind us now, focus on the next race. Max doesn't lose any more points, so it's not like they've affected the championship anyway. So that's always a good thing. Um, So it could potentially just be a nice little get-out-of-jail-free card for the stewards to say, well, we can punish Max 
for his involvement in that and it was it won't affect the race result so we'll just hopefully we'll just leave it at that um but yeah I, I think look let's move on um we've already talked a lot about all of these incidents there's a lot to cover um ultimately it leads us to the final point of the season now of course lewis with that fastest lap as rather as well as the race win i should say before i slow my words a little bit um is that they're now both level on points going into the final grand prix of the season where are your thoughts at, Luke? I know you want Max Verstappen to win. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will want Lewis Hamilton to win. You know, we've had Lewis Hamilton fans. We've actually had a lot of Lewis Hamilton fans on this podcast, so it does make a change to bring on some Max fans, I suppose, by contrast. Um, where are your thoughts going into the final race? Because Lewis has won the last three races in a row. He's looking in supreme form. He seems to have the edge over Max in terms of car performance, what Lewis is doing out on track and the momentum. So is Lewis going to win that elusive fourth race in a row and become world champion? Or do you think Max is going to pull it out of the bag at the final moments? Squeaky bum time, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I'm still confident that Max can get the job done. We've seen that he is on par with the Mercedes pace. I know the straight line speed is obviously very difficult to match with Mercedes and with Lewis. But, you know, over a one-shot qualifying, Max is definitely up there. He's definitely... You know, he, he definitely had the advantage this weekend in qualifying apart from that mistake he made. And that could have, you know, made the, the race a lot different if he would have qualified on pole. Um, I, I, I still believe, I, I still feel that he can win this championship and I'm still going to stick by him. Um, they've obviously changed the Abu Dhabi track a little bit, but there could be some parts of the track which could suit the way Red Bull are. I mean, they're very good in the slower speed corners and the higher speed corners compared to Mercedes. Um, you know, you see in sector one today, Verstappen was rapid, you know, throughout that part of the track. And that could really be the decisive moments where Verstappen from the start of the lap or towards the end of the lap could be a lot stronger than Lewis. So, yeah, I'm still sticking with him. I mean, I, if whoever wins the championship, I mean, obviously, yes, I do want Max to win it, but Whoever wins the championship, they deserve it. I'm not going to be bitter and say, you know, Lewis don't deserve this, don't deserve that. He deserves it over the course of the 22, 23 races there are. But I just want to see something different. And I do think Max has brought, for me, I've been, I've, you know, I've liked watching him race over the last couple of years, but this season he's brought so much, so much more different to the sport. Irrelevant of his controversy, he's made the sport much more enjoyable. And we've actually got, someone who can actually challenge Lewis Hamilton and get under his skin, basically, you know, because let's be real, Lewis Hamilton probably is, you know, sorry about my language, but pissed off with the fact that he's got someone to actually compete alongside him until the very last race of the season. And he's not having it his own way. He has the last few races with his wins, but, you know, for me, I've I've really enjoyed watching both of them, but I've enjoyed watching Max this season. I think he's been brilliant and I really hope he brings it home this year. I think it'll be very good for the sport and, you know, it makes it interesting for next year with the new regulations. It's a lot of good points. Um, and, you know, it is a good point with Lewis Hamilton. You know, he's often said that he's wanted this competition. He's wanted to be pushed all the way. He said he enjoys and thrives on this. I think there was a point in the season earlier on, earlier on where Max was dominating, Red Bull were dominating, Max had the upper hand on Lewis, all ends up, um, and Lewis clearly wasn't enjoying it, neither were Mercedes. But um, 
you know, obviously now that things are going their way again, whilst it's been very difficult to enjoy because of certain reasons, I'm pretty sure he's probably enjoying this battle a lot more than he was four or five months ago. Um, and sometimes you, you just got to accept, you know, no matter how successful you are in this sport, if you want that competition, you're asking for it. And this is how it comes. Maybe this is the only way someone can beat Lewis Hamilton driving the way that Max Verstappen is driving at the moment and what Red Bull are doing. Maybe this is what it takes. Um, you know, there was a time where we thought Michael Schumacher was unbeatable and then Alonso got under his skin, not necessarily in the same way, but it, it can take that for a change of the guard, if you like, or for someone to beat the king of the sport, if you like, for lack of a better way of putting it. And Lewis has certainly put himself in that position. So either way, you know, it, it's been an incredible season and I hope we can look back on it for all the good moments. I just feel that we've still probably got one more twist in the tail in the final race of the season. Um, I started the season back in Max Verstappen. I've said for a long time I thought Max Verstappen was going to win the seat, the championship. Given what I've seen the last couple of races, though, not necessarily the drivers, although there has been an element of that to it, but the performance change between the two teams and the packages available and what the drivers are able to get out of them, I feel like Max is driving to the absolute maximum capacity that you can in this car. And Lewis in that Mercedes, the way Lewis is driving right now and the way the car has improved, I just feel that that combined package has the edge and it will continue to do so in the final race. I know a lot of people have said that in the past, whilst Mercedes was strong at Abu Dhabi in the turbo hybrid era, Red Bull obviously dominant there before. And uh, given the characteristics of the Red Bull now, where it's very strong at a rear limited circuit and Abu Dhabi used to be a rear limited circuit before the changes this year. Of course, we'll have to wait and see if that's still the case. I would have backed Max and Red Bull to win here. Given the changes to the track that I've seen, I'm wondering if some of those changes will reflect some of the characteristics at Qatar, where Mercedes and Hamilton turned out to actually be quite strong. Now, there is a caveat to this, because what we did see at this race was that Red Bull seemed to be on top of their rear wing issues, that they were suffering with the uh, DRS flaps going up and down and damaged calls to the rear wing, which prevented them from running a skinny low rear wing. They kind of went low medium this weekend. And I expect them to do something similar at Abu Dhabi. So that is encouraging in terms of the outright pace, but they do seem to lack the straight line speed advantage that Hamilton still seems to possess. Will he still have that going into the final race? Will the engine hold out? We'll have to wait and see because it's on a bit of a knife edge with the reliability of that engine. It's either amazing or it's terrible. There's no in between. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with Lewis. It's just going to be so close. I can't pick a winner, but if I had to... Uh, Sorry, Max fans. I know I backed him all season, but I'm just going to have to go with Lewis. I think Lewis is going to do it. Um, and it it pains me to say this as a diehard Michael Schumacher fan, but I just feel it's inevitable that Lewis is going to win the eighth world title. Um, I would love to see Max Verstappen win it, and I hope I'm wrong. And uh, given my track record of predictions this season, I've been wrong more often than I've been right. So maybe that trend will continue. We'll have to wait and see. Um Let's quickly run through some of the other races before we sign off this episode, Luke. And I appreciate you spending the time that you have done with us. I know you want to get to bed and uh, start. Obviously, you've got a busy day this busy week. As I say, of course, you're getting uh, married this weekend. Of course, I should know that. I'm your best man. So uh, I should know about that. But uh, yeah, so a very, very busy week indeed for you and me to that in that regard. Um, but look, let's look at some of the other races. Now, first one, of course, Bottas and Ocon Bottas, of course. Taking that podium off of Esteban Ocon, so crucially taking it off of him at the final hurdle of the race, the final straight, a tenth of a second it was that separated them, I believe. And you could hear Ocon on the radio, excruciatingly painful 
to lose out on that podium for Alpine. Bottas taking it. I mean, not so much with Bottas's race because he, you know, he, he almost ended up in the back of Max Verstappen after one of the restarts. But um, Esteban Ocon, how, how did you rate his weekend? Quite good, actually, because Alpine struggled with a lot of pace. I mean, Alonso struggled this weekend. Um, to find himself in that position, obviously, you know, at some point he was he was leading the race. Um, no strangers to be leading the race either as well, Esteban Ocon. He's obviously a race winner. I felt so sorry for him. I think he deserved that. He deserved that podium finish. I mean, don't you think Mercedes have had enough glory this weekend and over the last few weeks? I mean, to be fair, Bottas would have slowed down. He'd have got a 10-second penalty. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, it's... Um, yeah, I felt for him. Um, and you can see his reaction, obviously, when he just didn't have the... I mean, Bottas had the advantage of DRS and slipstream. Um, you know, his reaction, he slammed the steering wheel. He just obviously was so disappointed. But a, a good weekend for Esteban Ocon. I don't think... I don't think for any moment from the start of this weekend, he'd have thought he'd have finished in the top four. I think that's... You know, what a performance from Alpine over the last two races. Alonso with the third place and Ocon with fourth today really giving Alpine a real bit of confidence going into this last race. And I believe they're above AlphaTauri, I think now, are they in the constructors? I believe, um, I'm not sure if I'm right, but obviously that must put them in a good position being above them. Yeah, they're 29 points ahead of them now. I would say other than an absolute calamity from Alpine and an equally incredible weekend by epic proportions for AlphaTauri, I'm pretty sure Alpine have got fifth wrapped up in the constructors' championship now. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, good weekend for Ocon. I think he's, you know, as I said, fourth place is a brilliant finish, but just, just, I mean, Bottas has done it again with on the line. He's done it with Lance Stroll and he's obviously uh, done it with Esteban Ocon. So I think Bottas is the, the master at the, the drag race, as people would like to call it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just one of those things really. And, um, yeah, I've got Courtney sending me messages because uh, Courtney's not with us this weekend. Um, it, you know, he's got other more important things to tend to. Sending me a image on Twitter, social media, saying Mad Max is trending. So uh, no secrets for who Courtney's back in at the moment. Um, the, the, the so-called neutral of the sport, uh, I should Well, say. I mean, there was a time <laughs> where we were trying to be neutral on this, but clearly that wasn't really helping for us. I mean, it's easier for me to be neutral in this because I don't really have a stake between Max and Lewis, to be honest. Um I just kind of make a decision and hopefully I'm right on that one. You just have to wait and see. But um, anyway, look, everyone has a stake in this in Formula 1. You've always got a bias one way or the other. No one's actually truly neutral in this sport uh, or any sport for that matter. That's why you get into it. But uh, as I said, I digress. Um, so, yeah, of course, looking at other races, of course, Ricardo coming fifth place. He kept his nose rather clean um, and had a good weekend. It was one of his better weekends. We didn't really see much of him. Um, he managed to ride the storm, work his way through after a... A somewhat difficult qualifying session. I think McLaren would have been hoping for a bit more, but fifth place, I think they'd have been relatively happy with that. They finished ahead of the Ferraris, of course. Um, Gasly, P6, again. You know, Pierre Gasly's always been there or thereabouts, and it was another difficult weekend for a lot of guys, but, you know, he did a good job, got P6. And then that brings us back to the two Ferraris, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Now, Charles Leclerc, of course, had that accident in FP2. Similar place to Mick Schumacher, so I think a lot of people wondering why the red flag was out. They did the same thing in FP2, so I think it was the right call for a red flag to be brought out for that one in the race. Um, Charles Leclerc was at P4, doing a rather good job after qualifying. 
keeping Perez well behind him, but of course couldn't keep up with the guys ahead of him. But then that red flag really hurt his chances uh, after the safety guard because he pitted, so he lost some places and um, ended up having a nice little battle with his teammate who started a bit further down. But Charles Leclerc ended up pipping Carlos Sainz at the end of the race to finish ahead of him. And I think whilst Ferrari looked like they've got P3 and the constructors all but wrapped up, I think... Uh, McLaren scored one more point than they did to, to, than them. So it's like 38 and a half points in Ferrari's favour. Again, McLaren would have to come first and second and Ferrari would have to score practically nothing for that to change hands. Um, whilst it's happened, uh, I don't think Ferrari, the way that they're going, are going to relinquish that position right now. And uh, McLaren clearly aren't matching the heights that they were doing at Monza and e- arguably Sochi as well. Um but it was a nice little battle between Leclerc and Sainz. And in a way, Sainz obviously having to come through from a difficult position because of damage he sustained in qualifying. I think it was very important for Leclerc to get the result over his teammate today because Sainz has been extremely consistent. I think it's 14 races in a row, something like that. He scored points. He's now scored more points, the most points of any driver in F1 without a race win. Um, and his season has gone from strength to strength, Carlos Sainz. So I think for Leclerc, for his position in the team as the de facto number one driver if you like although it's a lot, lot closer than that how important was it for him today to get the result and stay ahead of his teammate because it would have looked a bit strange if Sainz had managed to beat him today although it was very very close I was waiting for Charles Leclerc on the radio to be like if he lost to his teammate and said I'm stupid I mean like, that's obviously the Leclerc moment. but I think Carlos Sainz I mean it was very important for Leclerc obviously to finish above his teammate but I felt very Sorry for Sainz. I think he was very quick in qualifying. I do think that... I think that Sainz could have potentially got top five finishing qualifying if he wouldn't have had the problems. Um, and yeah, I mean, as as, they, as everyone calls him, he's a smooth operator, isn't he? He's just this season, or second half of the season, he's just been very good. And it looks very promising for Ferrari next season, especially with the new rule regulations and... You know, over the last year or so, there's always been that determination for the 2022 car. Can Ferrari get themselves back in a, a position to win races? And for me, they've got two very good young drivers that, are, you know, Science hasn't won a Grand Prix yet. He's been in a, a couple of positions where he could have won one, but Leclerc's obviously a race winner. Um, they've got a good balance to their team. And I think Ferrari, for the first time for a long time, very content that their drivers are actually fighting for position because I believe that there's such a good team balance and a good team morale there that they're both trusting of each other. And, you know, Leclerc finishing above signs today is obviously good for him for his personal milestone, but it looks very promising for Ferrari and they've definitely deserved this third place finish in the Constructors' Championship, it looks like. Sorry, I was just having a look on Twitter to see something because uh, the stewards obviously giving their reason for the Verstappen penalty. Um, he's basically basically their explanation to this that was key in this decision is that the driver of car thirty three then breaks suddenly and significantly, resulting in the deceleration of two point four g. Um, Ten seconds is given for being predominantly at fault for causing a collision. Also, two penalty points for Verstappen. For me. Look, I get it, but I think that's a bit of a cop-out from the stewards. I think that, again, it's one of those where they've just basically tried to find any excuse to pin it on Verstappen, in this case, to save their own bacon. I think at the end of the season, I think there's going to be a lot that's got to be looked at into the stewards in 
in the sport and the way that the races have been directed as well. I think it's been a bit of a shambles, if anything. Um, but, you know, it, and it created all this kind of confusion and everything else. And I think there's a lot more to it than that. Fortunately, as I said before, the race result has not been affected by this. So hopefully we can just ignore that and move on. Um, looking at some of the other races as well. You know, like, as I said, with Ferrari, sorry, I should say with Ferrari. Yeah, as I said, another, it's overall, it's a good weekend. You know, they would have wanted more. Um, but I think how crazy things turned out, the fact that they didn't really lose any, they lost one point to McLaren this weekend. And I think for them, finishing third is the priority. It's the target. And um, yeah, they're pretty much there. They pretty much achieved what Matty Bonotto said earlier this season was the minimum objective. I think for them probably would have been the maximum one, but, and their drivers are doing a great job. Charles Leclerc is now ahead of Lando Norris in the drivers' championship and Carlos Sainz looks like he could do the same after Abu Dhabi if he keeps his form up as well. So more reasons for Ferrari to be happy if they can get their guys to be fifth and sixth in the drivers' championship as well. I think they'll be very, very happy with that one. Um should say a shout out to Antonio Giovinazzi, you know, the driver who's going to Formula E next season. He's not going to be in Formula One. Finishes in the top 10 in ninth place. Uh, did a great job. You know, he was quick in qualifying. He was quick all weekend long, Giovinazzi. He really was quick. At one point, he was ahead of both Ferraris on the track. So, um, yeah, he, he did a great job. So, well done to him. Um, Lance Stroll ended up in P11. Of course, Norris obviously had to recover. He had a good qualifying, but he got caught out in all the stuff with the red flags where he was complaining that it wasn't fair that the drivers, some of the drivers got to have a free change of tyre. I think Lando benefited from that in Imola earlier this season. I he was think saying about, um, he, he was saying about Gasly, he was saying about Gasly as well from Monza. Yeah. Benefited for his race win. But. I, I think that in fairness, I think in Imola, Lando got a free choice of tyres to change in that race. And that allowed him to stay ahead, to get ahead of Charles Leclerc, who was running in P2 at the time. And Charles Leclerc was well ahead of him at the time as well. So, I can understand the frustration, and I know a lot of fans will, will raise the debate about should they be allowed to change tyres under red flag. I think under the circumstances that red flags caused, I think you should be allowed to do that and also, um, you know, repair damage on your cars. That's part of the red flag because you're restarting the race. You should be allowed to do that. I know it sounds, it doesn't sound great, but people will moan about it when it goes against you, but you don't hear them complaining about what they benefit from. I mean, look at Imola, look at Imola this season with Lewis Hamilton. You know, because he was complaining about that with Max today. But Lewis Hamilton benefited from a red flag from a crash that he had... Well, not it wasn't from him, obviously, but he'd had a crash, brought him a lap down. The car was damaged. He was all over the place. Red flag come out. He was able to unlap himself, repair his car, put on a set of soft tyres, fresh ones, ended up finishing P2. Mm. And that could ultimately play a part in winning the championship, depending on how close it is. When, if he was a lap down, he wouldn't be nowhere near P2. So... You know, he swings and roundabouts. You know, sometimes it goes in your way. Sometimes it goes against you. That's just sport for you. You can't you know moan every single time something like this, especially when I think it's a fair. It's, it's fair. That's just how it goes. Do you know what it reminds me of? You know, as a footballing point of view, do you know like when teams are wasting time? Mm. It reminds me of that. One week, you can't stand it. You're like, oh, like, you know, they're wasting time. Blah, blah. The following week, if you're in a position where you're winning a game by a certain goal, for example obviously you're going to waste time. So as you said, it swings and roundabouts. Yeah. 
No, that's just how it goes. You know, people are always going to moan about it when it goes against you. But I don't really... It's been a rule that's been around for a long time. It's not changed for years. I don't know why we're nitpicking over specific rules when it goes against a certain driver or this... Like, it's just was in front. That's well, it's not, it's not so much Max. Like, I'm just saying, based on what Lando was saying, like he was complaining about it. I'm like, well, yeah, but you had it go your way in another race. And I'm sure it'll go against Gasly in a different race. And it'll go... You know, that's just how it goes. That's, that's sport for you, unfortunately. you just got to deal with it. Um... But otherwise, you know, Lando was doing all right this weekend until there, so it was a bit unfortunate. But, you know, that that's kind of summed up hit the second half of his season. He's been trying, but it's just not really gone his way. As brilliant as he was in the opening part of the season, he was fantastic. Um, Stroll P11, Aston Martin had a difficult weekend, and uh, Stroll tried to take advantage of this. He had a bit of a going to coming together with George Russell, who obviously didn't finish today. But, um, yeah, you know, not much I could do about that. Nicholas Latifi, P12, didn't really see much of Latifi. Um, it was a difficult weekend for Williams, of course, um, remembering Frank Williams, who sadly passed away uh, in the week. Um, you know, but Latifi kept his nose clean. It was a solid drive for him and finished in P12. Alonso had some mechanical issues with his car that he was dealing with, so that really compromised his race in P13. And then this brings us to Sonoda. And, um, look... With Yuki Tsunoda, um, it, it's been a tough year for him, a tough rookie season. There was a lot of promise. You know, a lot of people thought he would stand out. Obviously, I think he's... Has he been the best rookie this year, Yuki Tsunoda? He must have done purely because I think the others are in terrible yeah. cars. Um, no disrespect to Haas, but that's the situation we find ourselves in. So he is going to go down as the rookie of the year, although Fernando Alonso, jokingly, probably might go down as the rookie of the year, um, mm. even though he's technically not a rookie. Um but this season, Yuki Tsunoda has had some good days, but he's had more difficult days and more difficult moments that he's caused himself. And he had another one of those today with Sebastian Vettel at turn two, where Vettel overtakes him quite easily into turn one and Vettel goes into turn two. And for some reason, Tsunoda just pile drives him. There's no other way of putting it. There is no way that Tsunoda is going to make that corner and think that Vettel's got to get out of his way when Vettel's well ahead of him. And he's took Vettel out He's complaining on the radio and he's damaged his car and he's completely wrecked his own race. Now, I don't get it with Sonoda because this year, Gasly has been phenomenal. He's beaten both Alpine drivers comfortably in the Drivers' Championship. So if Sonoda contributes at least even half of what Gasly has done, Alfa Tauri would be in this fight for P5, something that they've never had before, even as Minardi... Um, trying to think of the other teams that Minardi used to be, but, you know, everything that Franz Tost has been involved in, he's always wanted that elusive P5 in the constructors or more, and they've been so close this year. And, you know, owing to a bit of bad luck, and Alpine just turning it on when it matters most, and some moments of madness from Sonoda, it's just not happened. So, I mean, what did you make of that incident, Luke? And um, are you worried that if Sonoda doesn't sort of change the way that he handles these sorts of situations or has less of them that he may find himself under a bit of pressure to stay in the team beyond next season. That incident with Vettel, that reminded me of me when I was playing the games. You know, like when you're just annoyed that you've lost your position, you just think, sorry, I'll just knock them, you know, so I'll get in front of them. That that was just awful. That really was. At no point, did, as you said, at no point is he going to lose that position and think, you know what, Vettel's going to yield for me if I dive bomb down into turn two. I mean, you don't do that to a four-time world champion. There's just respect. Sebastian Vettel is still one of arguably the best drivers on the grid. He's won four world titles. He hasn't won four world titles or nothing. You know, and I just couldn't believe it. How you, You're not going to gain respect from someone like that. 
where Sonoda really has struggled. In my opinion, I don't think he's good enough. I know he's still a young kid and I know he's obviously learning and I know it does take time for certain drivers. But for me, I, I, I feel that he's not good enough for Formula One. I think next season is going to be very pivotal um, if Gasly's still performing the way he is and Sonoda's not. I do think Alvatari may make an early decision because we do know within the Red Bull ranks, they do like to make early decisions and it wouldn't surprise me if Alvatari did the same thing. Also, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's obviously drivers around, you know, Kvyat could potentially come back or it's not going to happen now, but, you know, there was an Albon talks and there was other drivers you could look at, but it would not surprise me next season if Sonoda doesn't get his act together the first few races, they could make a decision. May well be. I mean, we're, we're going to be lucky to see Alex Albon again at the Williams, so certainly looking forward to seeing him next season back in Formula One. And, um, you know, in this pressure cooker, uh, pressure cooker, I should say, terrible way of putting it, in this pressure cooker, I'll tell you, can't, uh, uh, this is, yeah, this is podcasting, but you can tell I can, you know, I don't edit these very well or very much. This is what happens when you travel home after a long weekend, you're absolutely shattered, it's nearly 11 o'clock, and we're just wrapping this up in the evening after a crazy race. So, yeah, sorry guys, a bit of a mess all over the place. But in this pressure cooker situation that Yuki Tsunoda finds himself in for next season, he really does have to up his game because Pierre Gasly has been phenomenal this season at parts and, you know, your teammate needs to be there with you. Of course, we're not expecting Tsunoda to be on Gasly's level. You know, that's a really hard sale for a lot of guys in the paddock, not just Tsunoda, but he's got to do a better job next season. And I think that whilst he's had a lot of some good moments, there have been a lot of moments that, lesser Formula One drivers that have been in this sport would not be doing at this point in the season after so much has happened already. It's the same mistakes and we can't you can't keep making them. Um no matter how you know how much potential he's got. Um I think that's pretty much all that we need to wrap up for this episode. Um I realise it's quite long, so I'm gonna leave it there. Um Luke, before we sign off, obviously you've got your own channel and your own podcast. Do you want to tell our viewers and our followers and our listeners, of course, where they can find you? Yeah. So thanks for letting me come on again. Actually, well, I enjoyed this one. I'm just a bit tired myself, but um, yeah, I'm on YouTube with the 1892 Reds podcast. We obviously do Liverpool podcasting, but obviously if you're not a Liverpool fan, you obviously please come and subscribe to the channel. Obviously if you are a Liverpool fan, then obviously where have you been? So come and subscribe. Um, we're doing, on Wednesday night, we're going to be doing our Aston Villa preview. Um, so, yeah, come and join us for that one. And, yeah, thanks for letting me come on. And let's go, Max Verstappen. Let's try and win this championship next week. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, absolutely right, guys. Of course, if you are a Liverpool fan or a football fan and you want to listen to a podcast about the mighty Reds from Liverpool, you can tune into the 1892 Reds podcast and Luke and his co-host, Rick who has been on this show and is certainly not shy of giving his views, even on Formula One. Very happy. Very yeah. happy he is, yeah. Yeah, big Lewis Hamilton fan. Um, so, yeah, he wouldn't have been shy to have a few opinions today. But anyway, you can check those guys out. Of course, if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please consider liking it if you're watching on YouTube and subscribing to the channel. And, of course, if you are following us on your favourite podcasting platform, please do consider following us and giving us a nice five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. And it helps out the channel as well. All that's left to say, guys, is thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe. And for the penultimate time this season, 
we reviewed a Grand Prix, the, and we've got one more to go. The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, and we'll be doing our preview in the week. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Max Verstappen with his first world title, or Lewis Hamilton? Will he win the elusive eighth world title? History awaits, just like F1 says, and so will we, but not for much longer. Until next time, we have been DNF1, and we will see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.